Good morning, City Church. This is City Church Together for Wednesday, November 11. We're continuing today on the fasting and feasting theme and looking at it inside of the Torah, uh, the first five books of the Old Testament. So um, if you've got your Bibles and you're following along, we're going to be in Deuteronomy 14 today. Deuteronomy 14, and I'm going to read verse 22 through uh, the end of the chapter, which would be verse 29. Deuteronomy 14, 22 through 29. It says, Each year you are to set aside a tenth of all the produce grown in your fields. You are to eat a tenth of your grain, new wine, and fresh oil, and the firstborn of your herd and flock, in the presence of the Lord your God at the place where he chooses to have his name dwell, so that you will always learn to fear the Lord your God. But if the distance is too great, uh, but if the distance is too great for you to carry it, since the place where the Lord your God chooses to put his name is too far away from you, and since the Lord your God has blessed you, then exchange it for silver, take the silver in your hand, and go to the place that the Lord your God chooses. You may spend the silver on anything you want, cattle, sheep, goats, wine, beer, or anything you desire. You are to feast there in the presence of the Lord your God, and rejoice with your family. Do not neglect the Levite within your city gates, since he has no portion or inheritance among you. At the end of every three years, bring a tenth of all your produce for that year and store it within your city gates. Then the Levite, who has no portion or inheritance among you, the resident alien, the fatherless and the widow within your city gates may come, eat, and be satisfied. And the Lord your God will bless you in all the work of your hands that you do. And that's the word of the Lord from Deuteronomy 14. I know sometimes uh, you can read the Old Testament, um, the prophets, the, the Pentateuch, even here in Deuteronomy, and you can read it and think, oh my goodness, God seems extraordinarily mean here or extraordinarily hard here, or I can't figure out, um, I can't figure out how he would be okay with with um, some of the some of the kind of killing that goes on, or 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 the seeming uh, seeming uh, genocide that that happens, and that is how the Old Testament can surprise us sometimes. But there is another element of surprise that I find in Deuteronomy 14 that goes the opposite direction. It is, I mean, literally, there is a verse here that says, "You may spend the silver on beer." Talk about things I don't expect to be in my Bible. Yeah, you just, you know, sell. Basically, it's tithe. Spend the tithe on some beer and then come and have a drink with the Lord. Okay? That's not me. That's what I just read in Scripture. So let's start our here journal. Um, we're, we're highlighting uh, really here this entire section. And um, let, let me explain it now. That's the E part of our here journal. So what you have here is a command to, um, for the Israelites to set aside one-tenth. So that's a tithe. That's literally what tithe means, one-tenth. Set aside a tenth of what they have. They are to bring it to um, the place that God has said to dwell. So the temple is what it would have been, or the tabernacle. And then they are to go there, and they are to take all of that stuff that they set aside, and they'd have a party. They eat with God. That's what it says. Eat, in the, eat and drink in the presence of the Lord. Invite your family in. 
It also says to overflow. Now, you need to make sure, it says, that the Levite within your city gates has a, a portion and inheritance among you because Levites was the tribe of Israel that had nothing set aside for them because it was the Lord's aim that they would take care of the temple and that everyone else, um, all the other tribes, would make sure that the Levites had land and they would have a place to live and they would have something to eat. So you have them looking out for those on the inside and also those on the margins. Look at verse 29. Um, Then the Levite, who has no portion or inheritance among you, the resident alien, okay, so those are foreigners outside of Israel, so those are Gentiles, the fatherless, uh, those who have, um, uh, fatherless is more than fatherless, it means those who have no, um, those who have no protector or provider. Um, Similar to that is the widow, and the widow, in uh, obviously in a patriarchal society, someone without a husband or someone without a father is going to be particularly disadvantaged. Within your city gates, they should come, eat, and be satisfied. So these cele- look at this. These celebration to the Lord's God, Yahweh, does not just set aside, oh, bring a sacrifice to me, kill it, and then let it go to waste. He, he is saying, no, you come, you bring the sacrifices you make, and then he says, I don't just want all this. I just want to burn it up. I want you to have a feast with me. That's why it says, in my presence, in the presence of the Lord, face to face. Uh, hesed, agape, attachment love. Let's have a feast together and let's invite others into that feast, particularly those who are marginalized, those who are downcast, downcast, those who are outside, and those set aside for the service of the Lord, That uh, the Levites in this case, make sure that they have plenty uh, to eat and can take part in your celebration. Now, this is, in the New Testament, exactly the command that's happening in Nehemiah 9, which is where we were in the sermon, or Nehemiah 8, which is where we were in the sermon. I'm sorry, that's the Old Testament. Now, New Testament, you remember when Jesus overturns the tables in the temple? When Jesus does that, it is people who have twisted this law, because the law says if, if you're too far away and you can't carry all of your produce and all of your goats and such, then what you should do is just leave that or you should sell it, and then you exchange it, you bring your silver in, and then you take that silver, and then you buy things to participate in that celebration. Well, what was happening when Jesus overturned the tables is this law had been so manipulated that it was no longer about celebration, it was no longer about presence of God, Uh, the Gentile court had been overtaken, and it was just being used as money changers. Come here, bring the silver, because you couldn't travel with it, and it was all about convenience. What, had, what was supposed to be about celebrating with the marginalized, the outsiders in the presence of God had, had further marginalized people because it took over the court of the Gentiles, the court of nations, where they were supposed to come in and be able to pray, and it just turned into a rote act of convenience. Here is my silver, giving my sacrifice. Can I check off the box with God? You ever had a relationship, now as we get into applying, have you ha- ever had a relationship that you felt like, the person was just checking off a box with you. Um, that even if you were having dinner with them, the dinner really wasn't about presence. The dinner really wasn't about talking to one another, getting to know one another. It was just something that you had scheduled, um, an appointment that you had to make, and you felt overlooked. This could be how God felt when Jesus overturned the tables, why Jesus was so vehement that it stopped. 
Not only was it not overflowing to outsiders, that's why I turned the table over. Let's get out of this. Like, this Gentile court is supposed to be a place for the nations, the resident alien, to come in and encounter Yahweh. And you, you've, you've turned it into a place to buy chickens. But not only was that happening, but also, you know, that this, the, the close attachment relationship that Jesus has to his father in this Trinitarian union, that he's feeling the father's pain in, you're coming here and you're supposed to be experiencing the presence of the Lord in an act of celebration. And you're just checking off a box. You're sitting across the table but you're just staring right through our Father. Celebration here is a kind of overflow and a kind of reset of relationship with the Lord. And as as you think about feasting and celebration, as I think about feasting and celebration, we want to make sure that we're not just doing it as a rote practice, although all discipline has some roteness to it and you got to get going in it, but that it really is the people we invite into our celebrations that we really are honoring God and we, really, and we aren't looking through people or past people to get to the end of the party. This is a huge problem for me. I'm just trying to make it to the end of the party instead of experiencing the presence of the people who is there and honoring the presence of God there, noticing that. So party but slow down enough to do what we're there to do, and that is to recognize the presence of the Lord and to overflow joy to other people. Let's respond now, the R part of our here journal. I'll take a moment of silence, and then I'll pray for us as a church to celebrate in the spirit of Deuteronomy 14. Our Father, we want our celebrations to be about presence, your presence. When we talk to other people in the feast and the celebrations that we have, we want to be really be thinking about them. We want to really be thinking about you. Will you, by your Holy Spirit, as we celebrate, we're, we're coming into a season of celebration, Thanksgiving and Christmas and scads of parties happening. Um, family gatherings happening. God, help us to be present with you and present with other people as we celebrate. Do not let us forget to bring you up amongst other people. May we give you praise and gratitude at our Thanksgiving table. May we overflow joy at our celebrations in such a way that we are a blessing to the fatherless, the widow, the resident alien, and the Levites. God, help open our eyes to see who you would have us invite in to our celebrations. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. City Church, as you celebrate, remember the presence of God and practice it with others. Go and multiply the gospel.